Hey girl. Hey. Hola. <laughs> Bitch, oh, I'm so done with her. <laughs> Already. She just popping up the accents. Hola. That's adorable. Hola, this is Carmen. <laughs> if you if you if if you That's know you know right. If you don't know, you will Oh my god. You they used to ride the car going oh. to school in the morning. Oh, that was my last I should have asked that as a last question, but it was what's your favorite part about being a Philly girl? Hmm. Oh. We can do it right now. Let's just do it. We want to do it now. We're from Philly. Mm-hmm. Give your favorite, like, what, Philly mil- memory or? Yeah, just something like, like, if you hit another coast, another state, even another country, like, nobody else could say unless, like, like, there's just something about you being a Philly girl that like, nobody else can check in about. Hmm. Period. Hmm. <laughs> We're, like, very, this is very interesting people in um, Philly, do you have one? Mm-mm. I'm trying to think where I was last and how that. I love that I know what an actual cheesesteak is and I don't have to call it a Philly cheesesteak. I would never call it a Philly cheesesteak. Don't know her. Like, what is that? Why do I even use that? Yeah. Oh my God. That just made me think of something. Um, There was a picture just literally today on Twitter. It was a picture of like a egg roll and it was like, (laughs) what would you eat this with? Like without ketchup, if it was no ketchup. And everybody was commenting like, why the fuck would you use ketchup? Then I was like, if you from Philly, you know mm, why the fuck, fuck you, you use ketchup. ketchup. Okay. It's a steak roll up in right. Memphis. It's a okay. cheesesteak egg roll. Mm-hmm. Nigga, like, get with it. And it's delicious. <laughs> it is. Okay, especially when they get the onions right. Oh, yeah. when they get the right. Mm. Uh, the right amount of, you know, beef in it. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's the meal right there. I could just fuck that up and be like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I used to get that shit all the time. Like, I'm um, after school. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had a little money back when... Doritos and shit was like 25 cents actually you didn't mm-hmm. have to pay $1.25 but yeah. I love that you can walk into the store and buy your poppy and this mm-hmm. some what you want Ayo pop let me get a <laughs> and a, a good breakfast sandwich from the oh, pop mm-hmm. ma'am I like flirting with them too knowing they would never <laughs> but some of them they'd be like I'm like wait you want okay already enough already enough but I like that so I, I love that like camaraderie with us and our poppy peeps. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a Philly memory. You know you was stamped if <laughs> your school picture was in the poppies in the glass container. <laughs> yes. My grandma would like oh, I know what you mean. Like, like you yes. know how like yeah, you know when like, you go to the counter. Yeah, your picture was there. I know mm-hmm. what you mean. If your school picture was in there, you was you was stamped. School picture was there? I think for, I feel like one of them, but also you we were like I don't know. And I never know who would give them away. You would just look and like sometimes it would be there. Like some of your family members are like something. But like you were you were that girl or at least your family thought you was that girl. It's like, <laughs> let me give it to the pops. <laughs> give your school pick, your prom pick. Mm-hmm. It was, I was too old for that to be my story. The prom one. I wasn't mm-hmm. that age at that time, but you were stamped. Mm-hmm. I like knowing what Danny Walk is. I don't got a double, I don't got a question it. Like... Y'all are making some good ass. What the Chandler, fuck? They have Danny Walk at her first person. <laughs> they do. It's a staple. And that's are you period, kidding? Though. If you're going to get fried chicken, like what? First birthday, Danny Walk, cater. Period. period. Princess shit. Our engagement party. I wasn't going to say it, but that's my favorite part. Mm. No, and I was like, this is the best engagement party ever. <laughs> very Philly and I don't care oh shit that is very true that food was fucking it was good the Philadelphia love story the candy lady oh I don't know if you've seen um (laughs) (laughs) it was that um that old guy he was black um and he was a substitute for like everywhere and it was like if you like you grew up in the Philly school district if he was your teacher <laughs> no but that's some Philly shit you don't remember yeah. him and I showed him love him, huh? was they showing him love or? yeah I love, it. I love that and I know I know maybe other cities would say they do this but I feel like nobody does it in the way that we do it I love that showing love is roasting at yes. its finest yes it's our love language no, yeah definitely. you is. come in looking too sharp they be like fuck out of here <laughs> right right they're gonna let you know you That's switch right. your hair up you can't look nice like, flame it up when you said come back from um, Christmas you had all your Christmas layers like fuck out of here you just got them up to Christmas <laughs> bitch you ain't fly you just got that shit yo yes just love so, yes. I like the way we show love in the form of roasting flaming if you know you Flame. know yeah 
So that was my question. Um, but we didn't even start the whole space yet. <laughs> was that our holding space? No, um, absolutely not. <laughs> so I will hold space just because I'm feeling right now my love of R&B being tested. Hmm. And so with that, I won't go into the recent whatever, but I just want to say <laughs> the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. Period. If you don't know who the vocal Bible is, mm. Brandy Norwood. The, the sister girl. of who? I wish they had another sibling so I could say <laughs> them instead of Ray J. <laughs> Not Ray, but it is unfortunately Ray J. Um, but really, like, Ray J is known as the brother of Brandy. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I didn't like. It's like, I want you to understand it's, no, wait a minute, ain't that Brandy? Because mm. that's that's the hierarchy. He's he's cool, whatever. Scooty bikes, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but I want you to understand it's Brandy's brother, and Brandy yes. is. If you didn't make Angel in Disguise, mm. then shut your trap. <laughs> but y'all know I'm Gunica. Yeah. I'm Gunica. And she's coming. To, she's she's touring. <gasps> she is. I'm going to send you it. I'm going to send you it. Oh, I'm going to send you it. She's, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't think because I just saw that picture of her with um, <laughs> what? 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 And yeah, yeah. 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 I just don't like that for my sister. But you know, she's going to go. We all okay. have that family member where we're like, okay, just keep talking to him. That's right. <laughs> she's she's them right now. Fine. But no, Brandy is that girl. No, she is girl. the vocal. That's it started there. Did y'all go crazy on the verses? That was my favorite verses. Oh, fuck yeah. But I yeah. knew I was going to love that one and act yeah. full. The yeah. one that I I didn't know I was going to act full and love so much was uh, Snoop and DMX. Mm, yes. I agree with that. Was there a surprise They was getting jiggy. I don't know if there was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the locks versus um, Dipset. Uh, <gasps> that is so you. <laughs> yeah. Like embodying I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in me with, in the house with us, literally the room would have exploded. We was like, <laughs> yes. She'll be no. here July 30th. Oh, what? Uh, She'll be here? Are we going? Really? <gasps> we haven't done a concert together, have we? We have not. I'm down. Yes, I want to see one Because mm. mm-hmm. as soon as we get here. What? What? Left my my side. Get an impasse. In the light, taking some. I want to wear those same shoes that she has. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what song is that? What's on it? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hitting the mushroom cut. Yeah, and not the mushroom cut. Yes. I just wanna go back. I love when she had that little she, 90s little voice that they yes. got. That she used to do. It's like that one like that. Ooh, I know she's probably not gonna sing it, but my favorite what? song, um, right? Huh? <laughs> oh, what? Oh, it's me with the accent. Huh? I, said, I didn't want to say the whole sentence, so I just said right. Um, right. Right had an O in it. No, what's that? Right, um, okay. I, I like when you walk on my life. I, I wonder. If, oh, you thinking of um? Why was she not going to say it? Why am I not fucking thinking of it? No, no, no. For you, I will? No. you, I will. I literally listen to it, like, every freaking day. Why can I not think of how it goes? Um, I could probably think of it. Oh, baby, that's just why I love you so much. That's my shit. She's definitely going to sing it. I fucking hope so. I always think of it. How about you singing that part? Well, we don't have to discuss on podcast. <laughs> you run me. Okay, that's that's doable. That's giving. And it's fine. I love you for that day. Yes. Front and front of your friend. And what? And you're strong enough to be a real man. And I, I love, love you. And what? I love you. You kidding me? I love you for that baby. <laughs> yeah, y'all think y'all know what I'm saying? Our engineer has to edit this. <laughs> He has to listen to this before y'all even. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. We appreciate all that you Mike do. Mike be getting his life though too. So <laughs> he does. Mike, I hope you're singing along to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, hold the face for that. Uh, mine is nowhere entertaining. More well, it's entertaining, but I just um, I just want to give Disney Pixar a shout out because I just know there's women writers in the room finally now. Oh, I think I now know. We love Disney. Um, I did finally watch Turning Red. I mean, yeah. Yes, it was so. 
good, it wasn't was so it? It was so good. It was just so different, in my opinion, to the messages that I was getting growing yeah. up. Um, I know you're like the Disney diva. <laughs> but for I think I, I think in my memories, I just remember at the end of the day, they get the man, he saves them, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some funniness in it, there's some great songs, but that was the gist. And I just like that now um, youth are exposed to different outcomes. Like, I, I'm all about, you know, my shows are girlfriends and golden girls I'm a girls mm-hmm. girl sex in the city those my favorite movies are those type of movies and I like how these these younger um, cinemas are giving influence to sisterhood um, women just coming together yeah. families understanding that the adults miss things or that the adults can be wrong too because they're human mm-hmm. um, and in Turning Red I like that it was like this mother daughter duo and I love that they finally did a little bit more work on the Asian culture being represented in Disney mm-hmm. um, in a pretty good I hope it's a good way you know I really like to talk more about like what people of that um, ethnicity felt about it but I would hope some some people could look at the screen and feel represented mm-hmm. so I, I really like Turning Red it's about like a coming it's like a coming of age yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's very cringy um, but that song is my shit by the way what is, how's it go okay what the song with their boys? Mm-hmm. I do not um, remember. Also, because I was a boy band bitch. No, that song well, is so good. Yeah, oh my god, later I'll show you. They sent me a video of him singing it <laughs> along with Immediately. my sister. I know the song. Oh, It'll yes. come back to me. Yeah, I can't remember it, but it was a good song though. It was a good song. It was like something like, know never gonna make you cry. Never gonna make you cry. Oh, you cry. Yeah, you cry. Never gonna be your ride or die. All right. Yeah. yeah, I only know that because I'll, I'll, you know. that's a good ass song. So yeah, I think, and I can just tell there's women. I, I feel as though there's women in the room. So, mm-hmm. so where we need to be in every room where it happens, Her. we're in Accurate. the room. Stay out my womb. Going into that kind of, <laughs> yeah. um, working moms. What do we think? The the show on Netflix. Oh, I love that. Have you have you seen? You never saw it. I, I love that, that show. Love it. Uh, anything with the cast season? of all women. Um, I'm not caught up because that's a show I like to savor because I can binge that and I'll be because it's only 30 minutes yeah and I'll be left destitute it's the, it? remember that woman oh, the she woman was from black-ish. she was on black she had the bad lip job I hate Black-ish. saying that because she's actually renowned and known um, I'm going to look her up but yeah we probably it, should have you know it's about names. moms it's like a satire yeah it's just about moms and friendships and stuff but it's really good I was okay. so mad because I binge it's messy it. it's for, oh Catherine Brightman <laughs> you know her when you see her face with the black um, hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, she worked in the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah black okay, I'm like, I don't remember her. Uh-huh. This is really funny. Um, what do you like about it? Um, I don't know. I just really liked um, the... I mean, aside of it just being kind of aesthetically pleasing with just, like, the jokes of that um, that older woman with the blonde hair. I feel like oh, she's, like... She the looks, Lamaze clothes? Yeah. She's crazy as shit. Um, she's just hilarious. But I just like, like, the friendships. Um, I don't want to give too much away for the new season. It reminds me of, like, Sex in the City, but with, they're... Yeah. They're active. A little and bit. They're active and career-oriented, successful women who are mm-hmm. in their, like, mid to late 30s have mm-hmm. babies. Mm. So they're kind of balancing their career, balancing their friendship, and balancing these these babies along with their families, stupid-ass partners, and so on. And the two main, the one um, that you just showed, Ty, and then it's a redhead. They've been friends since, like, they were, like, teenagers. Mm -hmm. So, like, them being, you know, carrying through that, and then, like, their marriages and stuff like that. It's just, it's really good. It's nice to watch. And it's funny, too. Okay. Like, it's not too serious. You need a a light one. That might be And you can get through that quick, because it is six seasons, so don't let it overwhelm you, because it's six seasons, but it's only 30 minutes per episode. So you can get through them pretty quickly. Yeah, it's like a little. It's like Sex and the City meets Girlfriends meets. Yeah, meets. Mm-hmm. What's an, okay. What's a, like parenty. Pa- have you ever seen Parenthood? It's a really what? old show. It's like early two thousands. Yeah, uh-huh. it's giving like it. you've seen it. It's kind of mm-hmm. a little bit touch of that. Okay. So yeah, like, I think like the diversity. Mm-hmm. And all women's cast is just always gonna win it for me. And they got a black woman on there now, Sloane. I think she started last season. Uh, oh, I like that yeah, name. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And she's a boss bitch, like mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how many seasons is it? Six. So this, shit. I know. As I said, don't let it overwhelm you. <laughs> it's six. So you was not gonna bring up uh, how you feel about this upcoming Tuesday? All right, I don't want to hear no tears when it comes on. This is awkward. This is- what the hell? Yeah, that's why. What's coming on Tuesday? It's your show, not mine. I don't watch that sappy, sad soap opera. 
Grey's Anatomy? No, that no. comes on Thursdays. This Is Us? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about that shit because I told you I'm tired <laughs> of fucking crying every week. But you're going to watch it, aren't you? I am because <laughs> it's going to be the last episode and this week I was crying my eyes out. So, I mean, I'm going to watch it but it is what it ain't. Y'all know I like a good cry. <laughs> I feel like that's such a, like series like that, although I just, I do dub dive back into degrees from time to time when I want to be a masochist but <laughs> I don't really get back into those because I cannot I cannot un- unshovel those feelings all over again oh, it's so bad and I think it's just beautiful too like it's not just like sad like it makes me sad it's just beautiful in the way that they're representing like life because it starts from when the kids were like younger and then as they're older and then the mom gets older so really like these last couple episodes is really just like encapsulating just what life is and how you go along it and what you learn and stuff like that it's really just like beautiful I will say it just seems like it's so beautifully crafted and Mm -hmm. written because everyone that is enthralled by it is just the writers are making you feel yeah they're really bringing out those emotions and I think any work that does that whether it's art poetry um show tv shows or Mm -hmm. cinema that's just beautiful it's like you are really touching people with that and that's that's incredible work that's talent yeah so those writers are uh, I see us paying off. Chef's kiss to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tune in. Maybe next podcast I'll be talking about how I was crying my eyes out in the last episode. <laughs> so stay tuned in. That does. <laughs> and that's us holding space. So we've done the mommy dearest. We've done the mothers. Mother. Bitch, I'm a mother. Bitch, I'm a mother. And now it's time to give some the, the dads some love, and or or not. Um, but basically, talk about <laughs> or something, or uh, or you know, a paternal drag. Mm. Yes. yes, bitch, I'm a father. <laughs> <laughs> or are you? Ooh, Ooh. we're um, getting spicy already. Right, coming out the gate. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my dad. Uh, I don't know. We can talk about what we, how we see it on the couch, and I guess my relationship with our dads and how it's formed, um, impacted us and helped us form the today. Yeah, I want to start out with. You have a question? Question? I'll start it out with a light one. Ooh, you what want to rock the table? <laughs> you know, well, the table's here, so it it will be shaken. Um, maybe just say like a. A distinct moment or like impactful moment with our impactful an impactful could be like anything in any direction too but like hmm. something I, about your relationship with your father that has impacted you how about that yeah um, I just love my dad so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all are cute. No, you really are. I Y'all are literally so cute. We're, you know what's interesting? We don't always, um, we don't have the typical, when I say I love my dad, I think people, especially men, might feel like, oh, she's a daddy's girl or like, it's there's an archetype to a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so sweet. And I like those daddy's girl that can say that. I think there's a sweetness to that. That's not me and my dad. We're just, like, that's one of my closest friends ever. Mm-hmm. And I think, I've learned so much. I learned how to be so objective and recognize my parents as humans because um, I do feel like he is not the perfect dad, but he is such a great dad for me. Mm-hmm. And that's all I, that's all I need. And um, it's not to say like we don't hold our parents accountable for things, but I think I've just always seen my dad hold himself accountable for things. And mm-hmm. actually, he you know he has changed in his in action too. And again, like I just feel. Like, that's my friend. I can talk to my dad about anything. And he's not philosophical. He's not going to sit down and give me the Mufasa talk. Mm-hmm. But he's always going to keep it real. And No lectures? Not really. I mean, they're like hood lectures. Like, my dad don't like to be... Like, he's going to say something so on point, but he's going to wrap that shit up in 90 seconds. Okay. Um, Like, remember when I didn't get a Valentine? He was like... He's just so real. He just, he just like... Mm, even when we was on drugs, I was giving bitches Valentine's. So <laughs> you need to get out here and shop for these men better. I'm like, yes, yes. That was period. So there's just so many moments like that where I'm just like, oh my god, that's like my dog, and he knows that he calls me his rider. Aww, <laughs> literally the cutest. No. Their banter is literally it is it is like bestie vibes. Yes, it's good. It's so cute. So I love my dad. I'm so grateful for my dad. And there's just so many moments where I we're, we'll probably go over it today. Um, but yeah, that's nice. 
Y'all complete opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't. I mean, I think, and I don't even remember this, but my mom always claims that um, when I was younger, apparently she wanted him to have like a sex talk with me or something. And he literally just threw on videos and were telling me what not to do. Like, you don't want to be like this. You don't want to do this. He like, this is sat you down? Yes. And, but his preference was the, was BT at night. Not uncut. It wasn't like an actual conversation of like how to be responsible or whatever. And I think that was my mom just trying to hold him accountable for something. <laughs> she said, um, you gonna parent. Basically, and gave him just a blanket statement and expected him to be That's proficient. like one of the, one of the big combos that was like, Mom, and help. you trusted him, right? With this? Mom, right? <laughs> like, why was when this the something world that you most? The most, yo. And you flaked on me. Thanks. She could have. What was a bit, but would have been a better topic. Like, give him a topic of talk to her about school, educate. I don't know. Literally, could have asked me anything, and that's what you decide to have him talk to me about. Um, but it you see, yes, because it ain't your thing. <laughs> what I remember <laughs> was, um, it was um, oh Cisco Thong. Oh when they was doing cartwheels on the that's a box. No, that's a box. It's a box. I'm trying to give you a lesson and I'm just dancing. Whoa. <laughs> we talked about this before, but I remember dancing to that. And my dad gave me a lesson about oh, that. Yeah. When we were young, and he was like, you can't be doing that. That's not that's not how you want to be. That's you don't even know what that song means. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> um, but he just redirected me. Yeah. And I, you know, the less he gave it negative attention, the less I cared about it. And mm. he he would I did have the sex talk, or he gave me the sex talk but not not with the uncut material yeah. but I mean it did absolutely nothing <laughs> um, like, what'd you take away that, that people in that you could do a somersault on the beach in a thong <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take much like, and then I went and did it thanks dad <laughs> thanks for showing me what I could do and I was possible um but no I think um I do think now he's trying a little bit more I have two well I have a lot of siblings but the youngest ones are like five and six or like six and five and seven something of that nature and I think he's actually trying with them like he married their mom um they moved down to Florida so I think he's trying with them so seeing that makes me like happy in a way that like my younger siblings get to have like both parents in the home and they're actually actively trying and things like that um so I think he is trying just I guess we're too old now so he's just like I kind of did what I could do or couldn't do um so I think I'm just happy in that sense that he's able to do that for my younger siblings and they can have that that niceness of being able to experience what me and my other siblings couldn't mm-hmm. and that's even another question that we can like talk about that but like what does parenting look like because I know especially in a lot of like black households you hear like there's this monotonous number of like and when you're 18 something's supposed to happen but you're a parent for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and just how you show up Mm -hmm. you know it changes and maybe the amount your children need you or or even just the type of conversations you have may differ the type of advice or you know support you give may change from different but like it's still opportunities you know like Mm -hmm. for you to show up in a, a different way but just it's like I don't need you to like you know yeah. show up in that same type of way and I think that's what his thinking was too like not that he was as present when me and my siblings were growing up but I distinctly remember him having a conversation with someone basically saying that like they're good now like mm-hmm. they're of age they're doing what they can do from what they've learned and I'm like your parenting doesn't stop when I become of age to move out or when I become, you know, when I graduate college. Like, that doesn't end there. I know, but I feel like for some parents, like, when it barely fucking started, yeah. they do put the cap. And I'm not even calling your dad out. I do feel like my dad is lucky, similar to you. He has a plethora of kids. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I'm not, he's just lucky that we all really love him and, and accept him where he's at and mm-hmm. the I think this we all see the the great in him and it is it does outweigh any of his um mm. I don't know inadequacies um but similar like he could not have successful kids without moms raising them and mm-hmm. other people contributing to them um, yep. so I think it is remarkable that he my dad has as many kids and we all love each other love each other's moms they love us and we just regard him so highly so I just know there's so much light in my dad but that doesn't negate that he could have been more active. He could have mm-hmm. definitely been more active. And I think it's interesting how sometimes we we talked about this, Todd, about sometimes we're harsher on the parent that was there 
Mm. Because they messed up more. Well, duh, statistically, they're going to because they're in with you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we let the other one off the hook. And so that's, that's I feel like that's where I'm at in my life right now of like, all right, he wasn't perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to repaint him to be this, like, who's a great uh, Mufasa? Mufasa. <laughs> you are Mufasa. <laughs> like, but, who's perfect? Mufasa? <laughs> what? Mufasa, her immediate go-to. Perfect then, Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I'm just learning to take the good and, and know, even when in the spaces that he wasn't there, it's still contribute to the person that I am today. Yeah. I think that's exactly where I am too. Very true. I'm a Mr. Carl. <laughs> we all, our dad's got black ass names. No, yeah, too. they do. <laughs> what's, our, what's your dad's name? Marcus. My dad's Dwayne. That's my dad's name. See? Everyone calls him Heck. Uncle Heck. Yeah, back to Mark. <laughs> but yeah, my dad, I would say for sure I don't know it's one memory that's not even like from that long ago and actually y'all were there for this actually happening for my graduation when I graduated from um, grad school for weeks before my graduation he kept asking me okay so tell me what is your degree in I'm like, it's a master's of education in counseling psychology. So for weeks, he kept coming up to me. He was like, a master's of, and I'm like, educate. But like, he kept coming up and he would get like one little piece wrong. But he just kept asking me like, it's a what? Just because I had a, a graduation party. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering, I'm like, why does he want to know? But also, my dad just asked random questions randomly all the time. Like, what is it? What is the? So it didn't seem weird that he kept asking. But he was trying to get it right because at my graduation party, he was going to congratulate me. And so at the moment, he was like, and y'all, I'm so proud of my daughter. She has a master's in education. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in counseling education. And then I was in the corner, like, thumbs up, like, good job, dad. He was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just thought it was cute because my dad is a Virgo and his thing is like attention to detail mm. and that meant something to me that like he was proud in that moment is like I want to get it right because I want to know what degree my baby got because mm-hmm. you know it's important to him and I was just like oh you cute <laughs> oh. does it mean a lot to you guys to make your dad's proud parents no. proud mom's proud okay <laughs> so yeah. I think we can talk about that. Go no, ahead. Why, we can. Um, go ahead. For me, mm-hmm. um, I think I think the less that he showed up, the less that it mattered. Of course. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that maybe I tried to get his attention and it was not received, I stopped trying. Because it wasn't being received well. So, or and, at all. Yeah, or at all. And I know that my mom's side of the family, very supportive, like uh, tenfold all yes, the time. Yes. So, if she ain't with us, she's with them. <laughs> Literally. So, <laughs> you know, I know that. We loved over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is where my dad felt like he had an out too. Yes. Because he knew that I was so loved and so supportive on my mom's side that his absence wouldn't be, I wouldn't say wouldn't be missed, but it wasn't as needed. Like he could get away and slither through little slots and holes because he knew that my mom's side was so supportive and I I had that regardless. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, I never really tried to make my parents proud because I have my own standards. Um, Maybe just being a Virgo little kid, like that was, I, I just, my parents were their own people and they didn't really give me big expectations and I think that helped me in the long run um, personally that does, that's not every kid's story but it did and I set my own goals so I never really worried about making them ashamed or not making them proud but I will say um, one time I had asked my dad recently like just for shits and giggles because I don't care but or I thought I didn't care and I had said um, is there anything else like you want to see me do in this lifetime hmm. and I was thinking off of the academic or independent stuff like other things that people our age are doing right now mm-hmm. and he answered so fast he's like no what do you mm-hmm. mean no he's like of course not you have your degree you're on your own you pay your own bills you don't rely on anybody he's like no you everything perfect baby perfectly he's just I'm just so proud of you there's nothing else you have to do and I know that's not Aww. the case for everybody mm-hmm. because you know some parents want grandkids or they want to yeah. see you with a partner or they want to see you in with a certain title in life or a certain neighborhood and 
I just love that my dad, he just just loves me for where I'm at. And so mm-hmm. anything else is like a bonus for him. But I didn't realize how much that actually was. That, that was so nice for, him, for, for me to hear from him. Because yeah. even if he didn't set the bar for me, the fact that he's behind me like clapping because I'm holding the bar and raising the bar, that just means that's special. Yeah. I would say I'm pretty similar in that. I never, I don't think my parents put a lot of like big things like you must accomplish this. I think everything I did was like from my own personal parameter. Like one thing I do appreciate, appreciate about my upbringing is that my parents talk so much about options. They're like, you can be successful if you went to a trade school. You can be successful if you did this or this or this. Like, basically, they always wanted to make me feel like I would be fine with whatever choice that I, like, did. Mm -hmm. I know, like, when it comes to, like, my dad, and this is something that's such a random story, but, like, it it was something that my dad said very casually that, like, freed me up of a lot of... um, I guess like perfectionism things that I was going through at the time. So I went to a really intense high school and I remember <laughs> academically, I was struggling my first year. I was struggling like a lot. And I remember I got my very first F and I was like crying to my dad. I'm like, I'm probably not going to get a good grade. I'm sorry, I'm not doing good. And my dad was like, I don't care what grade you get as long as I know you're trying. And I know you're trying. Oh, that's all. Sure, you got to tell us what class. It was algebra two, uh-huh. or geometry, one of those. But I was Ooh. doing, I was, I, but I really like. I told my parents like, because I was doing bad. I was going to tutor, and I was still failing. <laughs> my dad was like, I don't care what grade you get. I know my baby is trying, mm-hmm. and so like you won't ever get in trouble when you're trying. And that, but that was something that like meant a lot of like. Sometimes the outcome, like you can't, that's something you can't control, but you can just control how you like show up in Mm, the world. And like, I felt like so much like pressure. And when he said that, I'm like, of course, I'm still going to try. And I think I wound up like rounding out to a D so I had to go to summer school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ooh, it's kicking my ass. (laughs) But I'm like, I knew like they were like, she did what she like was supposed to do. So like, I'm proud of you. So Mm, yeah, I had talked about that before. I don't know if it was on here, but. Um, the way fancy, rich, affluent um, private school mm-hmm. techniques are sculpted is to have teachers praise them off of effort, not outcome, for that reason. I think you just gave us a great personal anecdote of when you're praising a kid off of effort, mm-hmm. you have so many wins off of that, whether it's the actual outcome, but the future outcomes of giving them permission to be soft with themselves, reminding them of how capable you believe they are and how much they can be capable or feel capable. Just so many outcomes when you praise and teach and parent off of effort versus outcome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I don't know, is there any ways that we see... Hmm. See it on our couch? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, yes. I would say a theme, and I think this might be might be reading myself. Go ahead. No. Oh. Um, I feel like a theme is looking for approval. Okay. I would say I see the same thing, but it's interesting because I see the approval more so with um, other men mm-hmm. in their relationships with their dad on yeah. my couch versus like women because mm-hmm. I do think it's like the opposite where like they're trying to get the approval of mom with certain decisions that you're making mm-hmm. or choices in life but definitely I actually just had a conversation about it um this week about kind of like how someone how much that used to um how that influenced so many of their choices when they were younger and they were kind of like reflecting on that now that that was something that they tried really not to do but I'm like damn that's like you know you don't think about that for mm-hmm. men specifically and especially when it comes to like um, like that pressure of like family name and whatever pressures your dad may give you of like how you're supposed to show up as like a man mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially because oh, like your dad's kind of modeling that um, <clears throat> yeah um, and I feel like, I don't know, I guess I guess I've seen guys on the couch and women on the couch talk about, like, they can see their dads at face value. So, like, if they didn't have the greatest dad, it does weigh in on how much, how much, I don't know, I guess they respect or, like, their their dad's input impacts mm. how they navigate through the world. Um, 
You know what's one? I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see the recent interview um, that Celine Dion did? No, I love her, though. No. There was this recent interview, her. and it was all over, like, socials um, about what she said. Because y'all know that, like, Celine Dion's, like, husband passed away yes. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was saying in the interview how when she first, like, when everything first happened, she said to, like, her oldest son, like, you are not the man of the house now. Aww. That is not your job. Mm-hmm. You are my baby. Oh, and just because this happened, like you are still the baby. Do mm. not feel like you have to be now like the man of the house. Right. Mm. And I was just like, wow, wow. Does she even have that foresight in that moment to be like, I want to make sure I protect my baby's like innocence in this moment? Because I do feel like that's something that, you know, with an absence of a dad, a lot of. It, it, it just depends. I think, honestly, it's, like, the oldest sibling in general. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. definitely, young boys, it's, like, well, where he left off, I have to, like, pick up with. And where that can really put us in parentified spaces very early. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, like, I'm glad that she, like, freed him of feeling like he had to do that. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely see that, um... Across the board. Another thing I was yeah. thinking of, of, of thinking of the women in your life, um, not just the ones older than you, but in your lateral life, peer-wise, um, and couch-wise, I, I do feel like I've noticed we kind of accept our dads for how they are mm-hmm. um, as women, and we criticize our moms. And I, we talked about that, but I, I don't know many people in my circle in life that have... Um, a, the, a strong or great or praising relationship with their dad. Yeah. Y'all notice that? Hmm. Now I'm really yeah. thinking. I definitely feel like we hold moms more accountable for their mishaps than fathers. But even, I mean, they praise the moms. Like, I, I'm just saying, I feel like on my timeline, Father's Day is going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's something that's more neutral when it's just like, he... Ooh, yeah, he be chilling. Yeah, he is who he is. Where he's like, my yes. mother, the love of the yes. light of my life. Like, yes. yes, yes. Like he, he are mm-hmm. like it's boys to men, mama. When it comes to mama, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> mama, break down. I never go with <laughs> Is there like dad songs? Okay, I know this is so weird. Oh, you? Of course you do. You know a dad song? Um, no, it's not a dad song. I do know some dad songs, but. A song that reminds me of my dad or something that makes people close to him is actually Dear Mama by Tupac. <laughs> Why? It reminds me of my mom, too. Um, you know, I just feel like um, he definitely gave me extra love. He has a not. Mm. I'm not a favorite. My dad doesn't have favorite. But <laughs> he, he, um, he, he just understood, like, this is this is a wild child and she's going to need a little extra or she's going to need a little different fertilizer and water and light. Um, and I also going to trust her that she's going to figure it out too. And that's, that's something that I just, I don't know, in that song, especially when it says, even though I act crazy, I got to thank the Lord that you made me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like I put my dad through a lot of stress and I know like on paper, like a scholar doesn't do that because, but just cause my grades were good. That was probably the extent of my like good in high school and growing up as a kid. Um, everything else, like I know my dad was probably like, oh, what the hell is this going to turn out to be? Mm-hmm. So, um, I just love that song because uh, it reminds me of him. And also, we just bond over Tupac all the time. Like, when he picks me up from the airport, drops me off from the mm-hmm. airport, like, that's what we're bumping. We love changes. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. our favorite song together. Sweet. So, I don't know if I have any dad songs, though. Yeah, I yeah, tell them. Them country bitches do it, though. Them country bitches love their daddy. Beyonce um, song. Oh, yeah. I want my husband to be like my daddy. Oh, I was thinking daddy lessons. I was thinking daddy's lessons. Oh, also then, but that was, dad. yeah. But actually, as much as I revere my dad, I don't want my husband to be like my dad. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Do we say it again? <laughs> okay, no. I'm, no, 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 my dad's my, my no. friend and my dad and, um... I think in this lifetime, we're supposed to teach each other things. But, and I think I'm teaching my dad things too. Or I hope that he's feeling the unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You don't got to be perfect. And I, you know, that's something I would have uh, changed in my approach with my mom. But you don't have to be perfect. But um, I see, so I see, I'm just going to validate the light in you. So like, um, I hope he feels love unconditional in this lifetime. And I'm learning what I need to learn from him. But I don't want my man to be like him. No. That's not why I love my dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I chuckled during your at your talking about your song because I thought of my, a song for my dad and I feel like it's completely accurate but also sad but maybe <laughs> funny. Um, 
I thought of Shaggy. It wasn't me. Oh, that <laughs> nigga don't take accountability for shit. Oh my god, T. That's like literally why I thought of that song because he takes no accountability. It was not me. <laughs> he also kind of favors. A little bit, yeah. Little bit. Well, have I? I have, do have. Well, to show I'm talking you guys. about the old, like a picture of like Mag Daddy '90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I have to show you a picture of him when he was like in um like 1920. He looked just like Will Smith, like haircut, like sure, identical. This is, and no, this I is where I remember all the this. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad sounds like DMX though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We like we like X too. I love Very DMX. My all the people that growing up who people would say my dad looked like is Mike Tyson. Yes. Or especially early two thousands, living in Philly, Donovan McNabb for some reason. I wonder why Carl had the had the braids. I think mm. you know, I think that was before his bald era. Um, <laughs> so they was they thought he was giving Donovan McNabb Child, for some my reason. Dad's still good. Now I'm not gonna put him on blast. <laughs> I'll put him on blast. <laughs> still get that black guy. I'm like, Dad. Who is still putting black dye in your hair? Mm. I love a Beijing. Oh my god, <laughs> that is true. You know what? Keep it going as long as you can. It looks nice. You look good though. Right. It looks nice. <laughs> Some little Beijing and a beard. But yeah, my um, I'm thinking of songs. My dad has a very interesting taste in music, so I think of him when I think of like jazz or like um. I don't know. He's just like a very like gritty acoustic kind of guy. So I think of people like I don't know if y'all know who like Rory Hargrove. Hmm. He's a very like um, legendary like jazz artist or like you know. But um, mm-hmm. I know some listeners will recognize that. Yeah, but he he has like a whole album that came out in the two thousands and one of my favorite songs and me and my dad's favorite song is one that he has with D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm gonna have to get at it. Listen, Mr. Carl. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's sexy. Also, um, yeah, it's another like uh, funk song too. Cause my dad likes a lot of funk. It's a lot of like funk and like all that stuff. Like when I think of that, I think of my dad. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, off off um, taping, we had said um, in our lives, thinking about the women that have close relationships with their moms. It, their dad a relationship with their dad is like up in the air they could be close they could not be close but they're distinctly close with their mom but from my personal experiences um people that are close with their dads often don't have the strong relationship with their mom mm. um, and I find that di- um different and I find that personal too that's kind of how mine was um and in that book that Todd and I are reading adult children of emotionally immature parents it does talk about sometimes because the one parent is just actively more critical or the relationship's more ruptured or um tumultuous the parent that isn't doing much or doing less um we our brains equate that to they're the easy parent they're the predictable parent they're the fun parent and they're the safe parent and so um in some ways we in the book it'll talk about making them the fantasy parent yeah Mm -hmm. And we gotta be careful not to do that. And I do work about work that in, into sessions, into um, couches. Like, um, again, I revere my dad, but I'm able to call him out and stuff. And I don't really need to because he'll do it first. But if I want to, or we want to go in those conversations, he'll go there. But I think sometimes we feel like um, we let the one parent off the hook. Yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely know. Like growing up in my, it seems like almost it's like a family dynamic in my household where you get like quiet rarely many words man loud mouth wife it's like <laughs> that's usually like the dynamic in all the relationships and my honestly my parents fall in that where like my dad is not a man of many words he's just like I come in I say some things usually like my dad all the once again all the men in my life is like they come to a family function fall asleep <laughs> and then like the party happens like around their like sleeping body so it's just like but yeah it's just like that's kind of the dynamic and so with my I don't know I think that's where like the a lot of the things can go you can blame the person that like talks the most right oh, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. most confrontational person or the most like in your face with their personality because you are more familiar almost in a way with your personality I've often used to think of my dad as like a mystery because I'm like what you be thinking about like because mm-hmm. he doesn't like talk as much but I think I don't know if that's a structure where we notice in a lot of family um dynamics but I know that was one that was really big in mind like little to no words from the man of the house hmm. 
mm. lots of words from the woman of the house. Yeah, my, I mean, both my parents are pretty explosive, but yeah. <laughs> I wish my mom would have said, I mean, I couldn't hear it anyway, but if I was like, you know, dad, don't be freaking out. I mean, she had everyone be like, well, dad, don't be doing shit else either, huh? Don't do it. <laughs> but we can't really see that. Well. He don't be doing much of anything. Um, but I, you have brought up a good point of like our, our cultural and conditioned expectations of parenting off the bat impact maybe how we regard our parents in adulthood and who we got mm. off the hook and who we don't. Um, who becomes a fantasy parent who becomes a villainized parent who it's funny the parent that um, you think brought you to therapy like I'm here because I have you know my mom is abusive or my dad did this I think as a clinician I'm always saying and where was X, Y, and Z where was mom or where was dad so so you can kind of have the duality too of um, if you're going to do the work do the real work and in reality you have two parents Mm -hmm. and so in some ways I see clients kind of create a more an empathetic lens towards the parent that they first villainized um, mm-hmm. because they're easing up they're like you know they were human and, and they were wrong in some ways but damn they were kind of doing it by themselves um, yeah. and, and or they, they help the other parent feel or they help see that their other parent also has accountability to be had here of like yeah like mom was wilding but dad could have stopped that and he didn't or vice versa yeah um, and I think when you have that balanced outlook you can really grow in how you want to navigate your life and your own um, family one day if you want one but I think you, you have to if you have to um, in the book it talks about writing revisiting those narratives that you wrote and then kind of addressing a new one yeah mm-hmm. yeah bring that point up that was a good about like the statistics now the statistics yeah and like how um, I think you had to just say like how we regard uh, gender oh, roles yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the part where I, I can once again use that example of like the quiet husband, not so quiet wife is like there's these gender role expectations, right? When we're talking about who like shows up and does like the child rearing and the nurturing and the other person is put in that provider role where it's like a lot of times and I think this is definitely in like these traditional gender roles, it's like it's been tradition like dads don't really have to form much of a relationship with their kids and it's mm-hmm. like yeah I come give y'all money then I dip I don't really need to know like like for example have y'all ever seen the it was like a it was a I think it was like for Father's Day on Jimmy Kimmel where they were like interviewing dads on the street to ask mm-hmm. all the dads like when's your kid's birthday yeah like when's your kid's birthday and they'd be <laughs> like or like what is just any like yes. very minute thing about your child and yeah, none what's of your the dad's doctor's could, name none, and none of the dads could answer <laughs> and they didn't know no they'd be like what's none your kid's birthday pizza <laughs> literally they're like what's your kid's what favorite whatever what are your it, kids they might as well been asking Lori what is your kid's teacher's name I don't know mm-hmm. Jab- Jabria would have known better like that, that's what they should have been asking because that's what it was giving when, when that guy asked his little mm-hmm. girls and even like I even remember my dad taking me to the doctors before and he just called my mom and was like what's her blood type what's this what's that and it's like bro (laughs) or I would just answer I'm like I'm at this point I know or like my mom told me to tell you (laughs) it's this but like why is that the expectation and and also I I don't I guess and maybe this is me being in a space where we've been conditioned to be the nurturer where like I would feel awful if I didn't know these key things right. and I don't and I didn't see that sense of like shame either mm-hmm. they're like I don't know but, but what the fuck you me that for mm-hmm. versus being yeah. like deeply like <gasps> embarrassed or anything like know that these, like they didn't even care which is interesting too yeah. which is yeah because like dads don't get they do get praised for knowing or being more nurturing um, but our moms and for decades, women's have held both roles because mm-hmm. women have been in the workforce since, especially since World War II um, and beyond. And they've been nurturing and they've been um, caretaking and homemaking. Two different things, by the way. Yeah. Caretaking, homemaking, working um, and getting more of an education. And they don't, I mean, they barely get the flowers that they deserve for that. Mm-hmm. So they can take on way more and get less or you know average praise or not much at it and men kind of still do less and get get more or get do the basics too like I hate you know um dude does does the phrase dad's babysitting bother y'all it'll yeah anytime yeah. I hear that I'm like it's not babysitting women it's your baby yeah <laughs> like what I yeah guess. I would say I mean 
I wouldn't say bothers me. I just find it interesting that they call it babysitting instead of he's watching his kid. But even when mom says that, do you say you're watching your right. kid or are you just like existing? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. We don't have to emphasize what you're doing because that's just like what you do. Yeah. yeah. As a parent. And in what ways does that impact us when we grow up? Well, what ways do our gender condition roles and the ideas of what we're taught of a mom and a dad, what ways do they kind of impact us as adults? Hmm. I know for a fact, like, when going into these situations and, like, choosing a partner, like, those types of things, it's like, I want you to know that if you subscribe to those, like, specific gender roles where, like, men eat and and work (laughs) and it's like, it's, we not doing that, like, you have to be just as much as an active parent. And I also know, like, from the people close in my life who are, like, single parents, the level of, like, mental anguish that brings on to the woman of having to do that. And if it's not equal, I don't don't want it. So, Mm -hmm. and I make that very clear, like, hey, don't play with me. That's or just not fair. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. And I just know how tough it is when you're, whether it is from the absence of the parent or just the inaction of a parent, how much it impacts the family system, mm-hmm. you know, and just puts all of that pressure on the, you know, mother. And it's like if we not on the same page that that's important to the both of us, it just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> kind of fun for me. I want. I definitely want a partnership. If I have a partner and the kids, it'll be like, um, <clears throat> we're so equal that our, our kids know that. I'm mean, sure they're going to do kids sit and try to tri- triangulate. But of course. I, you know how some some dads are like, don't talk about my wife like that or don't you dare mm-hmm. disrespect my wife. I want my kids to know mom's got the same energy. Like, you ain't talking about my husband like that. <laughs> Period. Um, so that's what I mean when it like equal comes to mind. <laughs> I just thought about one time just because like my parents have very two different personalities. And I used to know who I could ask if I wanted to do what thing mm, because, of because of their personality. And so I remember one day they wanted to be unified and <laughs> piss me off I remember United Front I forget who I asked but let's say it was something fun so I would ask my mom because she's the fun parent and I would be like mom can I go to da 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 and she'd be like ask your dad and I'm like excuse me what <laughs> and or she'd be like no your dad already said no something like that where like they clearly talked and they were like no you can't do it because your dad already told you no don't ask me and I'm like I just remember feeling betrayed. I'm like, oh, y'all united front. Oh, oh, cute. Like, what? Then I just had to just suck it up. But I'm just like, I think that's how I would have been too. Because my dad was so easygoing. And granted, it's because he had no responsibility of 11 months out of the year. So when I went to go visit in the summer, like, I'll never forget when I got my license. My mom, I, I had to literally beg her every day to drive her car. It was wild. I went to my dad's. He was like, oh, you got your license, right? Take the keys. Go do X, Y, Z. I'm like, this is totally two different worlds. Like, he literally never saw me drive, never got in the car with me to drive. He just knew that I had my license. I was like, oh, that's fine. I oh trust you got your God. license. Just go. Meanwhile, my mom got me drive lessons. She was in the car with me. All of these things that she's helped me, like, navigated wow. to help me get my license and would refuse to let me have the keys to the car to just go drive or pick up my friend or maybe go do something. Absolutely not. And my dad's never even been around and he was like, oh, license, bet. Just go. And I'm like, okay. So that would have been chaos in that house if my parents were I'm glad you're here together. to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that you Yo. made it through. Yo. So, I'm so glad you grown. And I've been lying. I didn't even going to cross straight state lines. No, no, no. Well, I know, she might. know that this happened? Yeah, like, is I think a, I told her. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I mean, after it happened, she right. can't do anything then. I'm already back home. She'd be like, calling me like, why did you tell me that? Yeah. My mom would do that. <laughs> no, yeah. She'd be mad at you. No, she'd just be like, why did you tell me that? <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I so, wouldn't get mad about it right now. But I think that's just the dynamic. I think I've talked about my mom on here before, and I think just how um, protective she is and just wants me to be, you know, safe and, and all of that good stuff, which is understandable. I'm an only child, but my dad is just very, like, easygoing. It's just very, you're fine, you're okay, go do what you want. And I don't know if that is because he just naturally trusts me. 
he just didn't care or if he knew that I came from this background with my mom right. that it was just like I know that you're being raised by a good person and your family on that side is really good so I don't really have to put much effort or trust into this because I know you're fine hmm. that's true but I guess any kid would want, still want you to yeah, I still want you to put effort and trust and care and yeah. effort into this. Yeah, you know what dynamic I love this TV dynamic. Um, Michael and Jay from My Wife. And oh my gosh, oh I do love them. <laughs> oh my do you know God. they're in Hulu? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yes. that's in the rotation right now. <laughs> Golden Girls and Reba. Yeah, <laughs> that's such thing. a this- dog on. It's so good. You see, they said said it's so good it didn't even need an intro song. It just, come on. It doesn't. It's just like, (laughs) and it's my wife and kids with the little pick of Yes. That's the saxophone. saxophone. Yes, it was a saxophone. (laughs) Would y'all have like a dynamic one? Um, Like a a parenting dynamic that you could... No. That you feel like as a couple you'll emulate? The funny thing is you mentioned that that's the one. Like we will watch that (laughs) and we're both just like... (laughs) <laughs> I was someone literally Kamal's the Riddler I was like cause sometimes we'll watch my wife and kids and just the little like games he would play with the kids I'm like I could see you doing that with our mm-hmm. future kids just to like fuck with them yeah. but also wanting to teach them a lesson it's like oh you think you don't need me all right. Yeah. <laughs> Grabs payphone. Like, okay. <laughs> you starving? You can go. If you say sorry, <laughs> get some food. But, like, no. he just has that type of personality mm-hmm. where he plays too much. But I it's mean, also but Michael was so active. Like, you see, like, yes, yeah. like, Michael was dramatic and animated. But he was just there, man. He was not afraid or not hesitant to uh, do hands-on parenting. Mm-hmm. That's what I Very hands-on. 100% hands-on. hands-on. <laughs> So that was a pretty good dynamic. No, that's definitely and it, and it's like light and fun and like funny too. They're mm-hmm. like you can obviously this is a sitcom, but I think we've talked about this how like just incorporating humor. Like I would, I don't, I don't feel like it would be me if I was just like the super serious parent and mm-hmm. just like I know we got lessons to learn, but like I, mean, I feel like I could see myself still showing up in that way, like even as a parent. So yeah, sure. Um, and I will say, like, even though we talk about girls with daddy issues being like the archetype of hell raisers, <laughs> I think um, a, a woman with mom issues is just or, as severe as a, or like a man with dad issues is just as severe as a woman with mom issues. Like it's some Oedipus Rex, like Freudian mm. shit with that as well. If you don't, if you don't get that. Um, kind of like nurtured and we talked about you know having a dad is great and wonderful and it is needed it's impactful however there's other just male and men roles that can influence your life in positive ways and um i see the benefits of that would y'all say that absolutely yeah absolutely Uh, who else did y'all have in your life um i definitely feel like and i found this a lot too which is not hilarious but um in speaking and thinking of clients that I just had intakes with and that are on my caseload um, I feel like a lot of times when dad is not present I feel like grandfather mm-hmm. like steps in a lot because um, I know that was for me like all my grandparents like remarried before I was like four so I have a, um, an abuelo he's my step granddad my my dad's mom remarried mm-hmm. um, and he I feel like he stepped up 120% like he would Aww. we would do like dates and he would like take me out he would buy me Aww. flowers we would talk about like relationships and boys and like what's going on like he was really invested in like getting to know me and teaching me um, and I think he did that up until I was like 13, 14. Oh, we would wow. Just go, so, yeah, we would just go on dates and stuff so like that. Doing it then, in the years that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he definitely stepped up my um, mom's stepdad. We call him Bubba. Um, he stepped up. I would call him taking me to school. He would be like, make me read and like he would do work with me like after school. He always used to cook me breakfast in the morning and then I would like <laughs> read and things like that um, during my elementary school years. So I definitely think. Um, they they step up a lot and like are more present and I don't know if it's knowing that my dad wasn't present or just wanting to create that relationship for me for themselves right Oh, because you know what they did it regardless mm-hmm. um, I love that I have a, my pop up too my mom's step dad but you know it's her dad um, mm-hmm. my pop up was always at all, all my weird white softball games <laughs> and um, he taught he definitely took took the bullet on teaching me how to drive a little bit he I was terrible with that y'all 
like SpongeBob and me probably went the same amount of time to get our license. <laughs> um, and he's just like patient. I remember um, he just passed away, but at his service, they said like he has a the heart of a coach and the spirit of a servant. And that is just mm-hmm. so true. I mean, he just doesn't lose his temper. He's just so um, calm and patient and caring and I just I just feel like that made an influence too whether I had a dad or, or not mm-hmm. yeah definitely for me I agree both of my grandpops um, it was actually I got like a little emotional a couple weeks ago because I was just thinking about with wedding painting how like neither of my grandpops will be able to be there and like just how important they have been in my life and like I just wish it was a moment that they could be a part of but mm-hmm. You know, they, both of them, they had very different personalities from one another, but just were so impactful and like making me the person I am too. Like, um, I'll spend a lot more time in like my mom's um, parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandpa was just like, once again, the silent type, but he was also like really funny. He just played too much. <laughs> both my grandparents love rap music. So I just love how they always just like, both my grandparents, I'll say what they have in common is they're always, so they were always so interested in the things we were interested Mm -hmm. in. So even if it's like some rap where it's like, kill your dad, my grandpa be like, who this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I think sometimes you can get those family members that can be so dismissive, but they were always just so interested. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to like share stuff with them because you know they care. Um, And both of them were like that with me. So they were just important. They always made me feel like I was important to them and my mind was important. They always wanted to hear my thoughts about stuff. Like, they were just, like, important and just honestly building my own confidence of, like, speaking because they cared so much to listen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. they definitely were very important to me. You brought up an interesting statistic, too, about the myth of the black dad in America. Yes. Just be a lot of like pasting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so I the statistic is um it was just interesting of like there is this myth, and I think it has been debunked a lot as we get older, but the myth of like the black dad and how we're stereotyped as not being present and mm-hmm. in, in you know in the home and in our kids' lives. And recent studies has been that out of you know a qual a quantitative study that actually black fathers are one of the most engaged groups um, with their children like currently and statistically when it comes to just like daily life and engaging and I just thought it was such an interesting thing of like this narrative being changed and like what does this mean for like black fatherhood now and as we become parents and like Mm -hmm. be partners of someone who is maybe you know a father of like what this means is just this change of narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen it in real time too. Like it's, mm-hmm. um, first of all, we know systematically why it was black dads were literally removed from the, the yeah. structure of the African-American home specifically, but how it's kind of, as always, black people making lemonade out of lemons, rebuilding itself. I think the dads or the people, the men without dads, um, from decades ago and coming into this era like I don't want that for my family Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take the avenues and opportunities to make sure that doesn't look like that Um, there's still work to be done and there's still numbers to put on that board but it's great Um, and then lastly I guess like what would you kind of where do you start with clients who come in and say and kind of label themselves with daddy issues Hmm. I think what we heard a lot today from you two was but where's the other parent? <laughs> Where was the other parent? Like, what was that situation? Um, but when I, because I did just recently have a client that I talked to this week, and she was very much like daddy issues. He was, you know, she. Everybody loves using the word narcissistic now. So, I know. dad was narcissistic, and he was X Y Z. Um, and I wasn't able to get into it yet because it was just intake. Um, but I love exploring other relationships. So, like I talked about with like how I was really close to my grandparents. So I like talking about that, but then also like, what was child, like, why are we labeling him as this? Like, what was he not doing? How did you feel? Like, what was going on during childhood that we're labeling him as this or labeling him as like absent? 
Mm-hmm. Or even like, not the the bad dads aren't just the dads that aren't there, but the dads that are, do take a really an overly um, authoritarian approach mm-hmm. or, or things like that, um, or the, the the dad struggling with mental health mm-hmm. or substance abuse, um, or being a provider. So because he was such a big provider and he you know did a lot for the household, he wasn't as present as he should have been, or you would have wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, narcissists are not. First of all, there's a lot of literature, um, um, easy reads, and obviously, like, more things that they, they can help you un- untangle the mm-hmm. effects and impacts of being raised by a narcissist. Yes. Um, so, with that case, I think I'd start there of, um, okay, like, if that's where we're at, like, let's see how this aligns um, logistically with your actual experience. And even still, we're not changing dad here. We're not changing these traits. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if it's truly narcissism, they're not going to change. They don't want to. They don't really see anything wrong. Yeah. So how do you accept? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's kind of where I move into. Yeah. yeah. yeah Definitely sure. acceptance. And not that we mean, meaning accepting bad behavior, but right. accepting someone for who they are and then you making your adjustments mm-hmm. for your own piece. You there know? you go. But yes. um, I definitely think if these things, the book that we're, I'm currently reading that, um, brawling off my girl T. Um, I definitely think if any of these topics that we're talking about with navigating some struggles in our relationship, that would be an excellent book. The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anytime I recommend it to my clients, just the title, they like, oh, drag yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Drag him. I'm going to say, drag him. It's like, all right, shake the table. I'm <laughs> honestly, one of my, oh, recently, one of my clients showed the book to their parent like my therapist said I should read this oh. and I'm like don't weapon up no but yeah the point of that is like it's not a it's not something for us to weaponize you know getting that knowledge but I do think that it labels things and it gives accountability to all parts because I think also the key thing is that some of these relationships can create some patterns in us too that we need to yep. to address so I think it's accountability on all parts and also giving some empathy because I think mm-hmm. just like us as children like our fathers were also being fathered by someone too and you mm-hmm. know like that relationship affects them and we're all learning we're all growing we're all trying to create new narratives and everyone's doing the best that they can same thing like we were saying with moms. We're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have. Yeah. Um, mm, I think I start like one similar to the mom work or parent work because they're parents and I can totally respect that gender may influence people across culturals, cultures. Um, and I, I talk to it but it's it's really individual to every client. I think I start with expectations. What expectations did dad not meet? How does that impact you today? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we nurture that disappointment? And are you ready, willing, and open to restructuring? You know me, I I always say, we get to write our own books. And for a large majority of our childhood, adolescence, and a little bit of early adulthood, everybody's writing it for us. What school we're going to go to, what doctor we're at, what clothes we're going to wear, what group we're in. Um, But at a certain time, we have the pen in our hand. And so I I always say, like, are you ready to write? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So similar to mom issues, mommy issues, daddy issues, parent issues. Um, the pen is in your hand, and mm-hmm. um, we love to recommend books. We love to encourage therapy. But overall, it's all about growth. Yeah. And the, what what kind of relationship do you want? I think that rewriting is is really definitely a part of that. Yeah. Can it? Um, when Todd says acceptance, I agree. It's not accepting yeah. them as with. Um, Greatness, but mm-hmm. with grace, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The past is a reference, not a residence, and I, I'm here to help Period. you kind of grow where where you're at. Mm-hmm. However long that takes. Yes. So. Shout out to the dads, though. I know. Yeah. So we will say that. Shout yeah. out to the, the dads, know, dadding. Yeah, we know there's some great fathers out there, you know. So shout out to them. When it comes to our couch, you can, you can always, always sit with us. Per.